The lazy person claims there's a line of there. If I go outside, I might be killed. <laughs> no, tell me, what, do the, what does that sound like to you? Excuse. Excuse for what? Delay. Procrastination. Procrastination. Delay. What is this person trying to avoid? Wicked. Okay, don't we have a lot of people like that? Yes. We have a lot of people like that today. You 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 run into a person on the street and they ask you for help and uh, you ask them why they're not, they're not working. And they will come up with every kind of excuse in the world. And if they, they don't have one, they'll make one up. And the, what this person is doing here, he's making this up. Okay? He's making this up. He's probably been, been confronted. Why don't you go and work? Well, there's a lion out in the street. I might get killed. And so lazy people can't find, who can't, lazy people, if they can't find an excuse for not working, they'll make one up. And I'm sure we've all come across individuals who have come up with all kinds of excuses as to why they do not work. One of them is, the most common is, they can't find work. Well, do you realize there's always work out there to be done? There's always work to be done. Boy, the, the, the fact is, a lot of people don't want to do the work that is available to be done. That's true. That's the problem. There's always something out there to be done. Not the lazy ones. And so the lazy person will come up with an excuse. Verse 14. Now notice what this verse is saying. The mouth of the immoral woman is what? A dangerous trap. What else does the word say? So God uses the mouth of the immoral woman for what? According to the verse. To drive people into pitch. Exactly, to punish them. To punish them. The, the, the mouth of the immoral woman becomes a tool God uses to punish people. And so the immoral woman's seductive words are like a hidden trap that are hard to escape. If you're not cautious, if you're not conscious, if you don't use discretion, you will fall into that trap. And so any man who has alienated himself from the Lord will fall into this trap. How do you remain attached to the Lord? Or the Lord is going to allow you to fall into this trap, is what the verse is implying here. This, This is a reminder of how God often abandons people to sin when people reject the knowledge of God. Uh, we see this repeated three times in Romans chapter 1. Three times. In Romans chapter 1 verse 24, it says, So God abandoned them to whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Remember that verse? They chose a particular lifestyle. And because they totally rejected and neglected the knowledge of God, the word of God, the will of God, the purpose of God, God says, okay, you want it? Do it. Let it kill you. God abandoned them to it. And then verse 26 says, that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even women turned against the natural way to have sex instead indulged in sex with each other. God 
abandon them to do whatever they want to do. You see, we see these things happening in the world today. Don't be alarmed. You know, women getting married to women, men getting married to men. Okay, don't be alarmed by that. Those people chose those types of lifestyles. And because they were so passionate and desirous of having their own way, God says, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Let it kill you. If you like it so much, let it kill you. It's what it boils down to. God abandoned them. The only thing you can do is pray for them. That they would indeed get saved. They would change. And God is able to change them. There, are a lot, there have been a lot of people like that who, 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 who were changed. You know, I saw that they had this woman in town the other day, uh, Susie Orman. Anybody heard that name before? Oh, yes. She was in town the other day. And I, I saw in the, in the business uh, pages, I saw Priscilla in a picture with her. Anybody saw that? Okay, and so I, I spoke with Priscilla on Sunday. I said, um, Priscilla Murphy. I said, you, you, know, you know who that woman is? And she said, no, I only know that she's a, a, a financial guru. You know, she's good at finances and all that stuff. I said, uh, I saw you vegan right on the front page of the picture. Yeah, so she said, Susie Orman put $10,000 into the, into, uh, what the thing name would fail, the financial thing? Clico. Uh, so she told a story and, and this woman took $10,000 of her money and put it in Clico so Clico could give her a check for $10,000. Okay, so I said, you know anything about this woman? She said, no. I said, do you know that she's married to another woman? <laughs> Susie Orman? Susie Orman is married to another woman. Yes, she's married to another woman. Wow. She is openly confessed to be a lesbian. And if you if you Google her, if you Google her name and her personal history, you'll see where it says spouse is the name of another woman. Okay? And she's openly confessed that. And people are always calling her and asking her about um, what they do with their finances in terms of their their gay partners. And how, you know, because the states don't, some states don't recognize that sort of stuff. You know, but God is talking about those type of people here. They chose that kind of a lifestyle and God says, is that what you want? I'm not going to forget it your way. I'm not going to stop you. God abandoned them. So I tell Priscilla, I said, you get that woman money, you better pray she gets saved. <laughs> 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 I say, I say Addy, you get that money back or you pray for that woman to get saved. Well, Priscilla attended the seminar Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people attended. I saw, I saw a lot of pictures in the papers with the Minister of Finance and you and all these here, Randy. Huh? You didn't see me. <laughs> you been there? No. He was hoping you wouldn't see it. Yeah, but see, a lot of people don't know about these people. Yeah. You know, and uh, she may be good at finances, but it doesn't change the fact that she is openly confessed to be gay. Now, I don't know if she, who, how she refers to her, 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 her partner, but she refers to her as, as a uh, wife or husband. Okay, and this is the kind of people God is talking about here in, in, uh, in this verse that we just read. It says in verse 26, uh, even women turned against the natural way. The natural way for God is for male and female, not male and male and female and female. They turned away from the natural way and instead indulged 
and that is contrary to God's way. And then in verse 28, three times, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do the things that they should never, the things that should never be done. Just the idea alone that you can't make a child, man and man together, or woman and woman together, should tell them something exactly, exactly right. It should. Just that, just that fact alone should, that's a, that shows how stupid they are. Well, that's what this verse is saying. Notice what the verse is saying. God, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, notice it. God abandoned them to their foolish thinking. It's foolish to think that way, but God abandoned, that's the way they think. And they say, well, we don't need a, a husband to get a baby. We can have in vitro fertilization. We can get somebody to donate and we can have a child. And so there are people are doing that now. That is totally contrary to God's plan. God never intended for that to be so. Science come in and says, oh, you don't have to worry about God. We'll fix it for you. And so science says, hey, you, you can have a child without a man. You know, just let us come in here and let us, uh, let us uh, in, in, in inject you with uh, somebody else's sperm and, and you can have a baby. And you don't need no man. And so you, we hear people today saying, uh, you know, women don't need men anymore to have babies. But this is what God is saying. Yes, they God do, has they abandoned them. They, yes, they do, because they still use his sperm. That's right. Exactly. And they miss that. Yeah, they they miss that. Whether they think so or not. You know, they miss that. You know, but God has given them over to their foolish thinking. And let them do those things that should never be done. But the day of reckoning is coming. The day of judgment is coming. And, um, you know, I can't imagine what the look on those people's faces are going to be. When it turns out, when they find out that God is real. And that God actually said what he said. Despite what they, what they, what they deny and, and, and are constantly in denial of. What will be the look on their faces? But this is three times God warns against departing from Him, neglecting His word, and doing what man thinks is best for Him, rather than what God thinks is best. And uh, prior to this message this morning, some time ago, he spoke about marriage mm-hmm. between the woman and the man. And uh, to cut a long story short, the master of ceremonies, whether it be a priest or whoever it might be, he is only the representative for. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says that when you put your hands together as one, and the the master of ceremony, whoever it is, puts his hand to his representing the God. It's not that you, Randy, is marrying Nancy and Clifton, but God is marrying Nancy and Clifton. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he says, when God is joined together, let no man put his hand He says, that is where the problem will come right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it ain't God. God ain't them stuff, them ceremony that they have. Right. You know, God ain't nothing to do with that. You know, you got um, you got gay priests and gay people marrying gay people, right. and God don't have nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. God has nothing to do with that. That's right. 
And uh, marriage is of God, not of the world. The world has taken marriage and, and changed it into what man wanted it to be, not what God intended for it to be. And so there are going to be a lot of shocked people when that day of judgment and reckoning comes. <laughs> they shouldn't be shocking. Oh, they'll be shocked. Because you see, what is happening today is that the gay rights movement is treating gay rights like civil rights. Right? They're saying gay rights is the same thing as civil rights. You know, if they change the law in regards to civil rights, why can't we have the same thing? And so some of the, 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 the government, some of the legislators are agreeing with them. That's the tragedy. Some of the legislators are agreeing with that, and they're now changing the laws and the legislation uh, to give gay people the same kind of rights that they gave during the civil rights movement. And that's going to continue. You see, that's where the Bahamas made a big mistake. The World Trade Organization and these other groups that you have to sign and join, you have to say that you will do all that what you just said. That's why we need to pray that Bahamas don't join. Well, they've signed. They've signed some agreements in, the, in terms of the European, but they've not signed on to the world to WTO yet. They've not. In fact, uh, the the recent uh, budget debate, uh, someone said that they didn't make any provisions for that that are required to join the WTO, like the like the customs duties. Notice the, the new budget. They didn't say anything about eliminating customs duties. To join the WTO, you have to be able to eliminate customs duty or decrease it. Oh. All right, so what it looks like is going to happen is that the Bahamas moving into the WTO is going to be delayed. Because remember now, they're saying that they're not reducing no tax exemptions because of that 7.5%, which means that that's going to prevent them from going into the WTO because WTO wants to remove all tariffs. Okay, if you join WTO, you cannot charge customs duty. They're trying to eliminate that. Because you see, WTO means opening up the borders of all the countries. Every country that's a member, they open up so everybody could come into your country and do whatever they want. You go into their country and do whatever they want. They break down the barriers. They're coming in here doing what they want to do anyway. Yeah, they're doing it now. Yeah, well, that's. That's, that's probably going to be delayed, but there have been a lot of agreements that the government has already signed on where they are uh, implying that they agree with these things that these different things people are doing, including gay rights. Well, we heard that uproar that uh, Mitchell made the other day when he made that statement, and, uh, and they came out and told him, well, you didn't, you didn't speak for the country, you speak for yourself, okay, when you talk about these, all these rights. You know, so they're trying to make gay rights like civil rights. Randy, I remember one school, Thomas Thomas my grandmother was cooking pea soup and dumpling. And I'm just throwing the pot. And can it come up? One child or two. All of us were one child or two. Can I say, Mama? He said, judgment is going to be a hell of a day, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he said, say, yeah, because who can they go and have a day that's true. And that's true. That's true. Uh, a lot of people who think they're going to heaven ain't going there. And believe it or not, despite the lifestyle that gay people live, some of them believe they actually go in heaven. They actually believe that. 
they are convinced that they're going to heaven and that everybody is persecuting them because of the lifestyle that they live and they chose. That's what they believe. And it goes right back to what God is saying here. God has abandoned them to their foolish thinking. That's exactly what he says here in Romans 1.28. God has given, given them over. God has let them think as foolishly as they want to think. And that part of that foolish thinking is the thing that they can live the kind of lifestyle they're living and still go to heaven and everything's going to be fine and hunky dory. They believe that. But Solomon said, right, where I think it's in Proverbs, he said, he that wandered out of understanding remains in the congregation of the dead. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what the gay people are. That's where they are. That's where they are. And, and what, what, what is so ridiculous is how people come out and rejoice and, and, and when people come out of the closet, like they say, you know, they rejoice and they wish them well and all that sort of stuff. And it, it really tells you how degraded our world has become. And it's a, it's, a, it's a good sign for us. Because the Bible tells us that when we see these things happening, your redemption draw it nigh. Okay, so when we see these things happen, we say, oh yeah, the Lord's coming soon. They practically crucified him exactly. to stand for Christ. But these football players have come out and admit they're gay. They get all kind of praise. All kind of praise and right. death wishes. Right. Yeah, we see it all the time. Mm -hmm. Over and over again. And that's the, that's the direction that the world is headed in. It's not going to change. It's going to get worse. I think was the first one of the first priests who came up with Billy Robinson or something like that. George Robinson or something. We're here? I, no, wait. I think he was the first one to bring to marry the man. Now he leave his partner. This was good and and one of the gay rights persons said there was gonna be a lot of rocks and stone throw at him for that. <laughs> <laughs> But be mindful. You know, God is not smiling on any of this. And nor is He looking the other way. The judgment is piling up. Verse 15. Folly is found up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from it. This is another verse that the world is not favorable toward. And we hear the so-called learned come out and condemn discipline. Because that's what this is talking about. Okay? It said that a, a child's or a youngster's heart is filled with foolishness. You can see that by the way a child behaves, the way they, they act, the things that they do. Uh, shows that their heart is filled with foolishness. But what drives it away? What is the remedy for it? The switch. The switch. <laughs> discipline. You know, discipline. I remember when I was in, I, used, I attended Oaksfield Primary School and uh, C.W. Saunders was the principal and he never spared the rod. There was a, there was a, a, a cane field, bamboo cane field in Oaksfield, right where Caterpillar is, right across from, from Caterpillar was a huge cane field with bamboo cane. The mailboat company is there on that spot now. But that's where he went to get his cane, right around the corner from school. He would get his canes. And he would, he would, whenever he used it, you, he couldn't use it anymore. Because it would always break. Alright, because he used a new one every time. And I was, I was the recipient of many of those canes. Um, 
and uh, boy, he, he could put it down. He would, uh, he would, they had, they rang two bells. The first bell, everybody froze. Whatever you're doing, you freeze. And he would walk around the schoolyard with this bell in his hand, looking to see who's going to move. And whoever moved, they went to the office and they got the cane. And I was, uh, I was running one time in the, in the corridor, no running in the corridor. And I ran into this guy and split my forehead wide open. The blood was everywhere. Can you believe that man still had the nerve to beat me? <laughs> I mean, the blood was all over the place. But you know what? You were running in the corridor. And I got beaten while I was waiting for them to come stitch up my forehead. All right, beyond the other fellow got beaten. No, I didn't run anymore. Last time I ran in the corridor. But this is what the verse is talking about. The only thing that will drive out that foolishness is reward, discipline. Misbehavior and stubbornness are a natural part of a child's heart. Bible says we are born that way. Bible says we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Nobody make them like that. We were born that way. Alright, but that God has a remedy for it. God says this works all the time. It never fails. And talk to a parent who've got an unruly disciplined child and you'll find out that one of the reasons why is because they never disciplined them. They let them get away with whatever they wanted to do. Whatever they felt like doing. And, uh, you know, that's why when, when I hear these prisoners, these, uh, talk about the police beat them, I said, well, I said, well, you know what? If your parents had beaten you when you were young, then there would not be a need for the police to beat you today. You know, I asked Ambrose about that one time. I said, do they really beat them? He said, yeah, sometimes they touch them up. <laughs> because they need it. You know? You could believe it, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By apply, they're going back old school. You know, so your parents never did it, so we'll do it. What I can tell you now, a lot of you all probably did the same thing. Because my children came home from school and said, we got punished today because we did so and so, so and so. And Jeannie said, you can get it now. She took them in the room. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She said, no. And she told Ron, she beat him. Mm-hmm. Don't come home and say you get beaten. That's right. Well, well, right now, only the principals could discipline students. And the principals are being threatened with lawsuits. Okay? So some of those principals are getting out of it. Yeah, so you need to tell the government, who bring these children into the world? Who suffered? Who carried them for nine months and went through labor to bring them in? And then you tell me I can't, what I can't do? What, what uh, Bill Cosby said in one of the shows, he said to his son, he says, I brought you into this world and I will take you out. You know, the parent has the right to do that. Okay, because remember now, the parents are custodians with God. Okay, they are custodians with God, so they've got to do it God's way. And God says, you apply the rod of correction. By applying the board of education to the seat of learning, you will get rid of all these vices. Once and for all. You know, Brother Randy, I think that's what's wrong with America today, that parents have not disciplined the children. And then they give them drugs for ADHD and ADD and all that. All DDDs. And um, then they, when they grow up, then they have no discipline, and so they go out and they, they're still undisciplined. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder, well, what happened? Where did we go wrong? Yeah. You know? Okay, verse 16. 
Whoever oppresses the poor to increase his own wealth or gives to the rich will only come to poverty. Okay, so any employer, any person who employs people uh, who gets rich or gets wealthy by paying their, their employees what they call starvation wages will himself experience want. At some particular time or point, he's going to be in the same position as those persons that they are neglecting. So the same thing will also happen to the person who gives to the rich and apparently in order to encourage favor. Many times people give to the rich to get favors back because then they, they, they figure, well, only the rich can pay me back. The poor can't pay me back because they ain't got nothing. <laughs> All right? So I'm going to give to the rich. I'm going to give to the rich and then somewhere along the line, I'm going to call in my favors and they're going to owe me. Uh, the poor can't, can't give me nothing back, so I'm not going to give them nothing. And that's the way the position that people take. Okay? Our giving should mostly be to those who are not able to pay us back. That's who our giving should be focused on. In other words, we give expecting nothing in return. God, remember, God pays, pays huge dividends. The bank's interest is a joke, the kind of interest God pays. But only when we give to the poor. What does the scripture say? Those who give to the poor lend to the Lord. And God's returns are huge, are humongous. Now the next set of Proverbs that... Uh, we have in the book of Proverbs are Proverbs not necessarily uh, from Solomon, but Proverbs that Solomon have compiled from other wise men. So some of them are his, but some that he's compiled. Because remember, a lot of people came to Solomon to seek out his wisdom. But Solomon also found that there were some other people, who, some people who came to him were also wise in their own right. And so what Solomon did was he compiled the wisdom of others as well. And so from, from verse 17... On to chapter 24, verse 34, are the proverbs of other wise men that Solomon have compiled. And so he says in verse 7, what it says in verse 17? Listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my Okay, so he's talking about, listen to words of wise people. We come across people every now and then that we say, boy, that person has a lot of wisdom. But Solomon says, yeah, just don't talk about how much wisdom they have. Listen to them. Take the advice that they're giving. And so verse 17 to 21 outlines an introductory to the Proverbs from 22 to 24. From chapter 22, verse 22, to chapter 24, verse 22. And so here the reader is invited to listen. That includes us. To listen to the words of the wise. And the implication is that Solomon had probably collected some of the Proverbs of other wise men. And he was now disseminating that to others. But there's also an indication here that some of them were his own words. And he's repeating some of the things that he's already said. And so there's a mixture here of who wrote these Proverbs or who the Proverbs are from. Verse 18. For it is good to keep these things in your heart and always, and always ready on your lips. Okay, so what do we do with these Proverbs? According to this verse. Keep them in your heart and be always ready to see. Alright, keep them in your heart, or in other words, keep them on your mind. Okay, always have them in mind. That, boy, you know, one day I'm going to need that. One day I'm going to need this. I'm going to keep this in mind. I'm going to keep this in my heart. And also, ready on your lips. If you keep it on your mind, then it's going to be much easier for you to speak it when the time comes. And so these proverbs should be kept in mind, that is, ready to obey. 
ready to carry them out, and our lips ready to pass them on to others. And so it, it, they should not just benefit us, but they should benefit those that we come in contact with, and that's the reason for them being on our lips. You know, when, we, when, when it talks about being on our lips, it's not for us. For us, is to keep it in our minds. For others, is to keep it on our lips. Because our lips are going to express it to others. To keep it on our mind is for us to benefit from. Verse 19. I am teaching you today. Yes, you. So you will trust in the Lord. And so Solomon's reason for making Proverbs 9 is so that whoever reads them might really trust in the Lord. Reading the Proverbs, trusting what the Lord says, and obeying what God tells us to do. And then verse 20 for the last, and we're going to stop. I have written plain things to you, with advice and knowledge. Okay, so the next uh, Proverbs, the next set of Proverbs uh, from verses 22 up to verse 24, chapter 24, verse 30, 30, 22, can be separated into about 30 sets of verses. And that they, they, they can be divided into like two verses or three verses each, and it, can, it would add up to about 30 sayings. And that's what he's talking about here. Uh, 30 sayings filled with advice and knowledge. And so when we come back and we resume, we'll notice that we'll not be just looking at one verse at a time, but we'll be looking at either two verses or three verses, because that's how he's grouped them together. Uh, individually, we looked at them, because that's how he wrote them. But from here on in, he says 30 sayings, so you can put them into, into groups of 30. And that's what we're going to look at when we come back, Lord willing, if the Lord be not come. Because the way things are going now, Lord could come any day now. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you and praise you for the wise sayings that you have given us throughout the course of our study in Proverbs. And we pray, O oh Lord, that we would indeed keep them on our minds uh, so that they would be readily available on our lips to impart to others. That we would indeed be individuals who speak words of encouragement and words of edification and sound, wise counsel to those who need it. Pray, O oh Lord, that you would guide our steps as we go forth and that we would cause us to be ever mindful uh, that you are watching over us and that you would empower us to do what we need to do in order that you might be glorified. Bless us now with your blessed benediction. We pray for the service to follow, uh, the speaker and all those who will be participating. We pray, O oh Lord, that our hearts will continue to be attentive to what thus saith the Lord. This we ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you as you go.